0: You're listening to the Inspiring Minds Show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. This is Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist. Our goal is to inspire, empower, and transform your life. So stay tuned and inspire your mind. Welcome to the Inspiring Minds Radio Show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. I'm Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist. And today we have a very exciting show if you're a codependent person looking to break that pattern. It's called I Need You, You Need Me, Don't Leave. Yeah, so this is going to be an exciting show if you if you want to break out of that pattern here. We have my, um, uh, my co-host and partner in crime at the Miami Hypnosis Center, Sheena Ace-Mendis, um, who's got uh, about 15 years or more of experience dealing with a whole variety of issues, including codependent relationships, and relationships are one of her, her specialties. So I'm going to uh, welcome her properly in a minute. Um, Just to let you know that you can visit ownyourpowerlifestyle.com for the archive from our show as well as many other shows on this network. And we've done a lot of shows that may interest you, ranging from uh, dealing with stress, overcoming grief, uh, dealing with emotional trauma. We have some more controversial and and very compelling topics like past life regression using hypnosis and also uh, things like astrology. And that was a recent show we did and to see what what can you learn from astrology, and, and that's really interesting too, as well as a bunch of other things like using hypnosis to improve sports performance, or uh, another show we have coming up soon is to deal with sales performance using hypnosis and getting into that state of mind where you're more free and confident to sell. So really our purpose at the Own Your Power uh, radio network, specifically I speak for the uh, Inspiring Minds radio show, is to help you take back the power that you probably have given away to other people and other institutions in society, because whether it's from our upbringing or our education or the pressure from the media and society, a lot of us have lost faith in ourselves and our capabilities as people and and the power that we really have. So what the purpose of this show is to really help you really fully appreciate what you're capable of, what you're capable of in terms of your mind. That's really what our specialty is at the Miami Hypnosis Center, is to help inspire, empower, and transform you and and live your best, most fulfilling life. So each week we do a show, it's to help enlighten you, educate you. Occasionally, you know, if we get lucky, it's entertaining. And uh, and really, that's what we're about. So uh, make sure you tune in. Go to ownyourpowerlifestyle.com. And if you want to learn more about what we do at the Miami Hypnosis Center... Uh, you can visit MiamiHypnosisCenter.com. So before we go to our first break and get back right into this whole codependent relationship thing, I would like to formally welcome you, Sheena ace Mendes, to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me here, Todd.
0: Absolutely. And uh, now we did a show, a couple shows, one with grief, one with stress. Yes. Both very, both of them, you know, uh, obviously grief can be very stressful, but so can being in a codependent relationship. So before we get into that, right after the break, Give a brief uh, a brief overview of your experience, if you can, you know, 15 plus years as a hypnotherapist uh, working with relationships as well as addictions, as well as sexual abuse, child abuse, and a whole bunch of other issues.
1: Well, first of all, codependent relationships, we see them not just in intimate relationships, you know, between someone who's in a relationship with someone else based on love or, or commitment of marriage or, or whatnot, but we see this; it extends over with parents and, and children and siblings and even coworkers and professionals. So it's something that's actually very common. Uh, unfortunately, it's very toxic not only to the person who's codependent, but to the people whom they are enabling. So it is something that uh, that I have seen, you know, in my 15-year career, uh, and it's something that I see very often.
0: Very cool. Well, I guess if you're looking at it from the outside and you know you can help the person, obviously, if you're in it. The biggest problem a lot of people have, I know, in relationship challenges is that, that they know there's a problem, but they don't really know what it is, and they certainly don't know how to get out of that. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to get into that. So we're going to go to our first break on the Inspiring Minds Radio Show on the Own Your Power Radio Network, OwnYourPowerLifestyle.com, MiamiHypnosisCenter.com. This is Todd Goodwin, your host. We'll be back in a moment. This segment was brought to you by Constant Contact. Learn how to grow your business with the Constant Contact Toolkit. Sign up today by texting OYP to 22828. That's OYP to 22828 to register for the mailing list. Once you're a customer, Coach Simone will contact you and set up your complimentary training on marketing strategies and branding for your email campaigns. Once again, it's Constant Contact where you can connect, inform, and grow. Welcome back to the Inspiring Minds Show. I'm Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist from the Miami Hypnosis Center, and I have with me my co-host uh, and co-hypnotist uh, Sheena Ace Mendes from the Miami Hypnosis Center. And uh, welcome back. Thank you. Yes. So you. Uh, today, yeah. today, thank you very much. Thanks, mom. Um, we have uh, we have a very interesting topic about codependent relationships, and uh, we're calling it. I need you, you need me, don't, don't leave. Don't leave. That's right. And, uh, you know, as I understand it, this used to be primarily for, uh, the term came around for uh, addictions, when you have one person who was uh, a substance abuser and very addicted, another person kind of like covering up for them and, and enabling them. But now it's been broadened quite a bit. So this is actually a fairly common type of relationship, it isn't is. it? It is, absolutely. So wh- how would you describe a codependent relationship and, and what types of relationships could become codependent.
1: Sure. Well, you know, the, the correct term for it is, is, ba- is basically it's a, it's a condition that's emo- emotional and behavioral, and it affects the person's ability to really carry on and have healthy relationships and satisfying relationships with one another. And when, when I talk about relationships, I, I don't just specifically mean, like I said earlier, just, you know, uh, intimate relationships. This could be siblings, family, and so forth. So it does carry on into other areas as well. Um, so some of the examples of that could be someone who's in a relationship, um, it could be a mother figure with their their children. That can be a very codependent relationship, and it could be codependent from not only the parent, but also the child who's in need of either the attention of the parent or who's in need of the affection of the parent. And so that's, that's an example that we can use as far as codependent relationships.
0: So... It would be like a smothering, uh, very yes. a smothering mother, like who's always involved, like a helicopter mom, always yes, involved, controlling,
1: in smothering, uh, manipulative.
0: But but for it to be codependent, the child has to, on some level, subconsciously want that, right?
1: At some level, yes, and it is a very subconscious level because this is not something that's either done consciously, not by the parent or by the child. This is something that's done. It fully feeling innately, but it's not. A parent sometimes feels that it is their obligation or is their right as a parent to help their their child or enable their child.
0: Okay, so you mentioned parent, parent-child. Uh, obviously, um, an intimate, like a romantic or yes. married kind that's of. where
1: we see it most often, or at least for me in my work, that's where I've seen it um, really manifest most often. It is in, in romantic relationships, and that's where you have... It could be sometimes both, the couple. Right. They're codependent on each other, or you have one who's more codependent than the other.
0: So and in other words, so you have... Mm-hmm. So in the dynamic, you have you have someone who is the more needy one, or I should say maybe the more enabled one. Enabled the one. The one who's weaker, perhaps. Yes. And then the other one who is in the power, more powerful position. Right.
1: So sometimes we see this when we call it like, you know, the victim-villain kind of roles that we play in romantic relationships. And so in order for that to be present, there, someone is codependent on the other.
0: Okay, so someone has the power, the other one needs what that person with power can do for them yes. and what they're getting from the relationship, and that's why they don't leave. So, so for instance, if you have, stereotypically, you have a man who makes a lot of money, let's say. Yes. And the wife doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That's Jeez. a great example. Okay, well, you've seen that a lot with Many. your clients, right?
1: Plenty, um, especially when you're working with the, you know aff- an affluent uh, community, you see that where where the wife is the you know the wife, the mother, the caretaker, but financially you have the husband who is uh, very financially stable and the provider, and so you see that dynamic in that relationship where he feels that because he's got control of the finances and clearly the well-being of the family, um, that he has total and complete control of what the wife, the, basically the way she shows up in the relationship. And so she's codependent on that as well, because he's the one that's providing financially for her and the children.
0: That's interesting, because, you know, I I think a lot of people would look at that dynamic, which is pretty common, Very. and even if it's not, if it's not wealthy, because obviously that's only a small percentage of the population, but you can have some, but if you look at that typical situation, you have uh, most people will look at that on the outside and they would say, Oh, well, she's dependent on him because he's making the money. She can't leave him because if she does, I mean, unless there's alimony and things right. like that. The point is, suddenly she doesn't have that steady income source. Absolutely. She can't afford to go, you know, do whatever she wants to do during the day because no one's going to pay her bills. So she doesn't leave the relationship, even if she's unhappy, because she's paid to stay there. Absolutely. So she's dependent, but but most people wouldn't look at that and say, well, he's dependent on her for something.
1: Right, he is. Because that's a codependency. Right, it's still a codependency because then he has, he's manipulating and he's controlling the relationship and also controlling her staying or leaving. He's making the decision for her. Oftentimes that comes with threats, uh, you know, that they will take away the money or that they will not provide financially for the wife or the children. And, and that's very common nowadays.
0: So the in that case, the person... With more power, who's not obviously dependent, but obviously is. Well, I shouldn't. Yes. Say, I just contradicted myself, didn't I? Oh, they're um, dependent. Well, of course, but not. They're from depending
1: they, on what they're getting on retur- in so, return. So
0: they're they're getting. They get to feel like they're powerful. Powerful. And they yes. need that. They need that for. They their need own that constant
1: reinforcement. That's what it is. It's about the constant reinforcement. It's about the validation of the self. And that's what the person in the opposite end, which is the obviously the power you know, the powerful, the one that's keeping the, the wife from leaving or, or forcing her to stay.
0: Well, you know, as I'm hearing you say that, Sheena, I'm thinking I'm doing my best to hear that objectively and I hear, wow, that guy's a real jerk. He's a, a bully, he's but there are a lot of times where isn't it true you can have codependent relationships where where you have one person who for whatever reason feels like they need to save the other person who, Yes who maybe on some level they pity that person for their weakness or they um they feel like if i if if i stop giving so much that person's going to fall apart Absolutely. and so it could be whether it's the man or the woman whatever it might be but maybe this guy is not saying ah well i have her under my thumb and i'm going to control her it may not be that he's doing that in that way it could be that he's Constantly giving her because he's giving her things, he's giving her things, and he's being very generous. Yes, and Maybe out of th-
1: guilt, mostly that's out of guilt. Okay, why? And why that would could that be, be because, um, like you mentioned, they may feel that their partner or the other person uh, is weaker, or um, they're less fortunate, or they're not able to perhaps, um, you know, succeed as they have, and that happens often. Uh, and so, in turn, what they do is they enable that person. It's kind of like they give them crutches, and so that person now depends on them. In order to, to live, hmm. and so that does happen, and it doesn't have anything to do, to you know, precisely with finance or, or uh, you know being affluent or successful. It just has to do with someone wanting to enable the other and feeling that it is their job, their duty, to help them and assist them. But it goes beyond help and assistance, though. It's because you're actually enabling the other person, you're okay. crippling them.
0: Right, but okay. So let's address something because a lot of people, uh, I think most people are under the the mistaken belief that it's better to give than to receive because it's it, it's written it's written in the bible it's clearly that's a right, misinterpretation the being of service. right so in other words it's it's better to give than to receive which means it's worse to receive than give you don't want to be selfish so you want to give a lot but if everyone is giving then who's receiving They have to be equal, right? Equal, 50% just based on... There has to be a
1: balance. There has to be a certain equilibrium between giving and receiving. So
0: what if you get a relationship where one person is giving a lot...
1: And the other one's a taker, basically. That's right. One's
0: a giver, more more of a giver, one's more of a taker, and there's clearly an imbalance in the flow of energy or money or, or attention or something. Sure. Would you say that that creates a codependency?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Therefore, it's toxic. It's toxic not only to the person that's giving... Because then that's what the relationship will be based on in constantly giving and giving, and it's also toxic for the person who's receiving in the other end because now this person feels weakened because they feel that they are in a state of constantly having to receive if not there's 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 no way that they can survive
0: so the one who's who's the taker again, not because that person is like consciously oh, taking right right, right right but but maybe they've gotten used to it they're comfortable with it absolutely um. So clearly they feel weakened and disempowered because they realize I need this person and I can't do it myself. On the other hand, it does feel good to have someone making the money or or doing all the housework or um, uh, doing all the heavy lifting. Right,
1: But that takes away from being a partnership and the premise of any relationship, the foundation of a healthy relationship is to have a partnership. But when you are the giver and in the other the opposite end, you have the receiver who's constantly receiving or taking. That's no longer a partnership, is it? And the same applies in business, same applies just in any type of relationship.
0: So basically it's you, you have pain and pleasure associated to the same, the same side of the dynamic. The person who is giving constantly feels good because that person is giving and helping and, and supporting, but they also feel drained and and re- obligated to do it and the person receiving feels good because they don't have to work as hard and they have someone caring for them and so sure. they feel cared for but they also or feel great it
1: also right, so
0: they're both. Right. So that in also a way probably. that isn't that that's basically like a compulsion. Yes. Where you have pain and pleasure Hence, linked to the same thing. Toxic. Right. Yeah. And that's why and that's why it's hard for, for people to just, you Detach know Detach like, or just just like that fix it.
1: Or end a relationship of that type, yes.
0: Hmm. Um you mentioned something to me on the break about that people are when they're in a codependent relationship, they're not really being true to themselves, or, or they're not they're not being themselves. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, they're not authentic to themselves because they're doing something either because of a secondary game. Um, or out of obligation.
0: What? What? Explain secondary Guilt. gain for those who are listening.
1: Well, basically, a secondary gain is when you when you have an impulse to do something, or you feel you have a need to do something, um, and not necessarily consciously are you doing this because you're going to get something back in return, whether it's reward, which is sometimes ends up being a punishment, you know, at least most of the time.
0: So, the, so it's like you get a benefit. You from problem. You get a benefit from, the
1: problem. from problem, exactly. And
0: that makes and if the secondary gain is big enough, then you will not be able to get rid of the problem because. If you have the problem, the benefit you get is bigger than losing the problem. All the time. Kind of like someone who is on, um, uh, actually, here now. This is I'm going to share a codependent experience that I had with a client, well, an almost client. I didn't take him as a client for this reason. He came to me because he had, um, he had uh, a lot of anxiety and, and things in general, and he said years ago he was, uh, something happened at work, and, and he had sort of a nervous breakdown of sorts, and, uh, and then he went on disability. So he was basically, but he said to me, because you know I had worked with his wife, his wife said, oh, Todd really helped and you should see him. Okay, great. So he came in, he said, can you help me with anxiety? And so I got a little more um, background. Usually the answer is yes. But in this case, I said, um, I, I said wait a second. So you're, you're getting paid to not go to work. You don't like your job, you didn't like it, which is probably why you, you had all that anxiety and you had a breakdown. So then you left work. You're getting paid to not go to work, and now you want me to help you get rid of the anxiety. I said, if you get rid of the anxiety, then you're going to have to go back, back to, work, to work, and you're not going to get paid for doing nothing. Yeah. So is that really what you want? And he thought,
1: Hmm.
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> because so isn't that that's secondary gain? So the secondary yeah. gain there is that he was paid to have anxiety. Totally. Because if suddenly he loses the anxiety, he's going to go to a psychiatrist or someone to evaluate him. In some strange
1: way, it actually works for them, at least in their mind, in their mindset, in that belief system, it works. And and oftentimes, this is not something that one consciously comes up with. It really happens at a subconscious level.
0: Yeah, well, he, he realized actually at that moment, you know what? I guess you're right. I guess I don't want that. (laughs) And I'm glad I said that because otherwise he would have wasted his time and money because usually anxiety, you know, you can really resolve anxiety and stress and depression and things like that with, with hypnotism. It's just that if the person has a bigger payoff for being, being in the problem state, they're not going to get rid of it.
1: They're not going to get rid of it.
0: So he had a codependent relationship with whomever was paying that, uh, Yes, (laughs)
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> certainly.
0: So people have codependent relationships with the government in, in some ways, don't they? Or is that more d- just one a one-sided dependency? That
1: sounds like a one-sided dependency. I think that's a whole other show. <laughs> I see. Okay,
0: got it. Uh, got it. Okay. So sometimes it is just one-sided, and then the, and sometimes it just looks like it. Sure. All right. What about um, – you now, you've worked a lot with people with, with substance abuse issues and um, addictions, whether it's alcohol, drugs, drugs. Um, uh, obviously, codependent relationships—you could say that's an addiction of sorts. But what about a codependent relationship where one person's enabling the other one to continue to uh, abuse yeah. substances?
1: I'll give you a great example, actually. Um, that brings me back to—I uh, worked with 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 a mother, and I actually worked with her child. And, and when I speak of child, you know, he was 22 years old, so he wasn't really a child. Um, he was abusing drugs, and uh, mom was enabling him. How so? It, it, well, she was enabling him in ma- many different ways.
0: Did she give her, give him her credit card to buy drugs? No,
1: she did okay. not. But um, this was a twenty-two-year-old who, who did not work, who had no obligations, no responsibilities, no commitments. He lived at home. He lived at home with mom. Okay. Mom bought him a brand new BMW.
0: So he could go pick up drugs more and, <laughs> and do it in I style. I mean, I don't
1: think that was her intention. Right. However, um, she, she definitely enabled him in that way. Um right. She did not obligate him or demand him to work in any way or assist or help with any of his bills. He had two children to small very small children mom paid his child support bill okay ah. yeah and mom gave him an allowance in order for him to quote unquote eat meaning she gave him a certain amount of money every week now clearly he wasn't using the money to eat unless because there was were, food at home
0: unless it's pop brownies he was buying from <laughs> his dealer he could be eating that yeah i'm
1: just saying i mean <laughs> okay so he was actually buying drugs with this. okay now mom was in total and complete denial she thought she was doing her job as a parent
0: why? Because she... Because
1: she was helping him. Because he needed something and she made him well, feel her better. Well, her standards of helping were based on giving him and just constantly in the... She was a giver and he was clearly a taker.
0: Right. Okay, so it's obvious that he was getting benefits from it. Yes. The benefit that the person who's in more power um, gets, that's a little more... Well, it's a little the more benef- hidden.
1: Well, it is hidden, but in terms of that... So what was, the, so the what benefit was her that payoff? Well, her payoff is... She's getting the validation from him because they had a really great relationship. He loved her. He adored her. She was mom. Did,
0: did he adore her or did he just need her? Cause like, Both. Okay, but hold on. You could you could say technically someone could have a, have a codependent relationship with their dog. The dog needs the person. Right.
1: Dog we, gives we don't, you we don't know, right,
0: attention. We, we don't really yeah. know if dog, dogs are capable of love and they probably aren't. But the point is they, they need and they give affection or something to the owner. Right. But the dog knows on some level, hey, this is where my food comes from. Absolutely. So the dog is needy, but then the owner can't live without the dog because he feels purposeful or she feels purposeful having those 10 cats or having that dog. Yeah. So that is And they're filling a
1: void. And she was filling a void because she was single. She wasn't in a relationship. She wasn't married. And so pretty much she was filling that void by... The male energy. Yeah, the male energy. Having him at home, being able to provide for him, so, there was a lot of guilt associated with this. There was a lot of guilt and shame. Uh, apparently, when he was younger, there was a time where his um, grandparents took care, care of him. And so she wasn't really raising him for a number of years. So, this is where like guilt and shame and all these other so her, emotions kick in.
0: Okay, so part of her benefit for being in that position or being in that dysfunctional relationship. Um, or maybe it is functional because it worked for the, her, sort of, but depending well, that's, on your definition. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the definition. I mean, every relationship works on some level or sure. wouldn't exist. But she, so she, her payoff was that she was alleviating her guilt by yes. giving. She, she felt, okay, I owe him something. I owe
1: him something. So I have yeah. to keep giving. That was the mindset, that was the belief system.
0: But so, okay, I'm glad you said that. So if the belief is that I wasn't there for him when he needed me and I need to do more in order to be a good mom. As long as that belief's intact, isn't it true that no matter how much she gives, it's never enough?
1: It's never going to be enough. Because
0: the belief is the problem.
1: The belief is the problem. That's what that's what we work on. And that's basically, that's what we do. As you know, we work on the belief. We try to help the person change the belief and, you know, or modify the belief or, or dismiss the belief.
0: Because that's a disempowering that's belief. That's a disempowering And that belief. keeps this person locked in.
1: Yes. And therefore, that changes the behavior.
0: That's really interesting. Hmm. Well, when we come back, we're going to... Uh, get more, discuss more, uh, more angles, more aspects of the codependent relationship. And most importantly, discuss how we can actually resolve it Yes. because it's great to talk about it. It's just that a lot of people who are listening might say, yeah, that's my relationship with my spouse or my father or my dog or whatever it might be. And, uh, but help, help me. So we're going to give some ideas on how we can do that. Uh, This is Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist, with my co-host, Sheena ace Mendes. both of us from the Miami Hypnosis Center on the Inspiring Minds radio show on the Own Your Power radio network. We'll be right back.
2: When two are in love, they'll whisper secrets only they two can hear. When two are in love, when two are in love, their stomachs. I
3: If you're like me, you love to hold on to your cash and use it for basic needs like the light bill, water bill, and yeah, maybe even the mortgage or the rent. That's pretty much all that I use cash for since I get almost everything on barter. In a typical month, I get my hair done, eyebrows waxed, printing services, massages, business coaching, personal assistance for my companies, social media marketing and more all on barter oh and did I mention travel yes to many different exotic locations like Costa Rica and Barbados on barter I literally save thousands a year and I'd love to help you do the same all you have to do is join the give and take network at www.giveandtakenetwork.org that's give the letter n take network.org when you join give and take you'll learn how to generate more business reduce your overhead and save cash Barter is definitely smarter, and don't let anyone tell you any differently. Join us today at giveandtakenetwork.org.
0: And welcome back to the Inspiring Minds Show. I'm Todd Goodwin. You're. Your hypnotist and host (laughs) (laughs) on the Own Your Power Radio network. Today we're talking about codependent relationships. I need you. You need me. Don't Don't leave. leave. (laughs) That's right. And Sheena Ace-Mendis, certified clinical hypnotherapist at the Miami Hypnosis Center with over 15 years of experience working with relationships with addictions or in the case of codependent relationships, addictive relationships. Yes. So we've talked a lot about what is a codependent relationship, what are some examples, um, and and how sometimes it, it can even be um, not so obvious. Like the person, the woman with the 10 cats, that's clearly a codependent. Re- I mean, it sounds like I'm joking, but it really is. Sure. Uh, which And of course, one of the things I wanted to say before we get on to some other examples of this, we were leading into it before the break, is that uh, it stops people from... it being in a codependent relationship robs both people of other opportunities.
1: It sure does. So,
0: for instance, the woman with, the, you know, we, we joke and say, oh, well, if I never meet anyone, a woman says I'm going to become a cat lady. Mm-hmm. And there's a solution. She could become a dog lady, and that's always more desirable because, you know, what is she, she, she says, look, no man Higher ever... Higher
1: maintenance. That's the problem. Think Ms. about the it. Maintenance. That's right.
0: <laughs> Not only that, but there are more people who are allergic to cats than dogs. That's true. I'm so one.
1: I'm allergic to cats. That's right.
0: So you would not go out with I a cat lady. I would not be lady. a cat lady. You would not. That's right. Or, or even date one. No. For many reasons. But anyway, let's not go down the road. Anyways, the point the point is, so don't be a cat lady, folks. And if you are, um, call the Miami Hypnosis Center. Okay, we can help you with that. But here's what I want to seriously, though. that's a, That's a codependent relationship because the cats need the woman. The woman needs them for company. But yeah. because she's putting all of her time and energy into the cats – Like, for instance, she can't go on a trip for a week with friends because...
1: She's got 10 cats.
0: Right. And maybe doesn't even have friends Mm because she's spending all her time with the cats. So the cats need her, obviously, because someone has to feed them. She needs the cats because that's her way of getting love because for whatever reason... Right. So she hasn't been able to... Maybe uh, she's not been able to get over past relationship problems she had or breakups, or maybe she doesn't have the social skills to have effective human relationships. And as a result, she is mistaking the need... For love, the Absolutely. cats need her. They yeah. don't love her, and a lot of times people actually are in a codependent relationship. Don't need, don't really love the other person. No. They just need them.
1: Right, they're there for what they're getting.
0: Right. Okay. Now, what about kind
1: like the return on investment, right? They're investing on something. Well, they're getting something. They're for
0: getting it. They're getting something for it. And so that person, if they're stuck in that dynamic, is missing out on on opportunities. Huge. For right. So if suddenly those ten cats were gone, and I'm, I'm just throwing that as an example because we can look at that without having to too hard to look in the mirror, and we can say, well, yeah, I can look at that objectively." We all know about the cat lady. Well, if suddenly those cats were gone somehow, then she would, unless she replaced them immediately, she would suddenly...
1: Feel a sense of loss.
0: And she'd also feel a sense of freedom, though.
1: Uh, absolutely. Because
0: with every grief is relief, because mm-hmm. there's some relief from that, that bondage of that relationship. So what about things like abusive relationships or... Infidelity. Mm, how, yeah. how are those either codependent or even if they're not, you, you see a lot of that with your clients. So either abusive relationships, um, whether it's um, uh, like physical,
1: a, verbal. The uh, I think most commonly is the verbal abuse. And unfortunately, it's the one that goes mostly um, unaddressed because people confuse it with just well we're just that's the way we talk or we're just disrespectful to each other but it is abusive when you have a partner that's constantly putting you down and uh you know using all these derogatory statements towards you or at you uh that is abuse it is but because
0: it's not illegal and there's no physical evidence of
1: course yeah absolutely
0: so is that a codependent relationship, or is that just a really dysfunctional? That's
1: a well, it's a dysfunctional codependent relationship because th- again, it's the person with the power, the mm. one that uh, abuses, and then we have the person being abused. So we have the abuser and then the abused. Again, victim and villain.
0: And that's a belief system. And based that's a belief on system that someone is the victim and someone is the villain. Yes. Which is, means the victim is not owning their. Part in the relationship, they're not owning, they're not taking accountability or responsibility for what they're doing to keep it going.
1: Yes, it's a vicious cycle, and oftentimes it's a it's an ongoing cycle where it doesn't just end in that relationship. You tend to carry that over to your next relationship because clearly that's an unresolved issue. It's an unresolved belief system. It's a belief system that has to change. If you don't change the belief, then you take this to your next relationship. That's what people don't understand that the 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 way to resolve this, or the solution to the problem, isn't always well. Then just end the relationship. Yeah, right. you end it, but if you don't address the underlying issue or the underlying cause, you take that on to your next relationship.
0: Okay, that's because both people have have learned through time and well, repetition. Conditioning,
1: repetition, conditioning. Right. So, so yeah. both
0: par- both people have learned to be in relationship in a certain way. Yeah. And so, they, if right. you end that relationship, unless Unless the next person you're with is a very different kind of person.
1: Which probably won't work if that's what you're bringing over to the next relationship.
0: And, that it, and then that's because the the benefit, let's just say the person who's in the, the dominant position, let's say. Uh, using the example we started with, stereotypically the man who's, who's making a lot of money, the woman is not. Because maybe she's just taking care of the house or the kids. Right. So she's financially dependent on him. If he's used to being in power and he's getting a payoff for being in power, makes him feel strong or maybe it's not even money. Needed. Okay, right. So it could even... a neediness. So he feels needed Mm -hmm. and he needs her to need him. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing as the giver and the taker. So if the person is a constant giver and the relationship ends, unless that person does something right.
1: to resolves that resolves mm-hmm.
0: why they have to give in order to feel good about themselves, then they're going to find someone else who is a taker so that they can once again feel needed and good.
1: Absolutely. And if they find the opposite, what happens is that it still won't work because you're carrying over an unresolved issue. A person who's a taker and ends up in a relationship with someone who's not a giver, that's not going to work for them, and vice versa. Because
0: they've gotten so used to taking, yes. they need to have someone give to them. Yes. Is that now? Is that would you say that's because that person, the taker in this case, has become so enabled and so dependent? So basically, it's sort of like someone sitting on the couch all the time that their muscles atrophy. Yes, so absolutely. That's them, a great example, actually. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's a great example.
0: What about what about um, what do you say about infidelity? Oh. Where yeah. does that fit into
1: oof. this? Uh, I say woof because there's so much of that, isn't there? <laughs>
0: Well, it also Uh, depends on how broadly you define it.
1: Well, I mean, in this case, you know, because we're on the topic of codependency, um, I have come across many, many uh, people who I've worked with who have been in just, it's been a continuous cycle of infidelity, whether because they're the ones who are being unfaithful to their partners, and so they're committing the act of infidelity, or they're at the receiving end, where they are the victim, quote unquote, of the infidelity, so that is also very common, and it is another type of codependency in so many ways. Well, well, think about it: if you're the person whose boyfriend, husband, wife, whatever, cheated on you, and this keeps on showing up in your life, then you, your secondary gain is you have a story to tell,
0: uh, and based on
1: that story, you have um, self pity. You have self pity, and you have family pity, and you have friends pity, and you know, poor you, you know that bastard. Oh, poor you, that you know, mm. and so. That is a codependency. They're dependent on what that that attention that they're receiving. That poor me, look what they did to me. It's a story. We're so hung up on our stories.
0: Yeah, that's true. And
1: that's what happens. That you know, then we start seeking this unconsciously. Then we go on to the next relationship,
0: which seems to be, wow, he's so much better than that last jerk who cheated on me. But then. The Something patterns, happens. Somehow the
1: patterns show up all over again. He turned out to be again. the same guy Same who was, guy. Right. I can't believe this always happens to me. This is what I hear all the time. This has been the story of my life. This always happens to me. Uh, you know, men always cheat. I, men men are bastards. Men cheat on me. Or, or this or is you what to hear, hear.
0: Or you hear, well, <laughs> Miami. Typical, my, you know, right? Yeah, it's like yeah, blaming it, it on the city, blame right? it in the city. We lived in New York
1: City, then it would be ah, my New York City. Yeah, ah, that's right. California. Uh, oh ah. my god!
0: You know, Paris, um, Lincoln, Nebraska. Look at the guys here. Jeez.
1: <laughs> right.
0: We have one listener out in Lincoln, so just giving a shout out to you out there, just so you feel you feel needed
1: and,
0: and cared for. We we need you too, actually. Every every listener counts. And anyway, well, that's codependent, isn't it?
1: It sure is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to work on that. Anyway, okay, so so. Okay, so, Sheena, you're basically saying, so an abusive relationship, a relationship with infidelity does not have to be, does not have to be a codependent doesn't relationship. It
1: doesn't have to be, but oftentimes
0: Okay, it now, is. you see, and I don't remember what show it was. We did a show recently where someone was talking about um, a man who cheated on his wife like 40 times Okay. And she knew he was cheating that's on That's called him. a
1: serial dater, by the way. Or cheater. <laughs> serial right. cheater. Yeah, that's right.
0: So so he was having sex with all sorts of different women. She knew about it. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And yet yeah. she still stayed in the relationship. blindside, yeah. Right. So, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me 40 times, WTF.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that is a codependent relationship for both parties because for him, he's getting away with it, which is clearly it's it's boosting his ego. It's you know it's giving him a sense of power, a sense of I don't know macho man manhood whatever you want to call it. Um, and for her because she's constantly falls in the again the victim the poor me you know my husband or there may be a maybe other reasons maybe financial reasons. That's
0: it. That's what it was. It was this was our our show about um, about breakups hmm. and. Um, you know, we're breaking up, sort of. And that was the whole thing where uh, she had some, he made money and she couldn't leave for that reason. We think it was that reason. Maybe it was self-esteem. The point is if she Well, self-esteem is
1: definitely a factor. I mean, there's no doubt. With good, healthy self-esteem, then one will assess the problem very differently no matter how emotionally invested you are. Because with a strong self-esteem, now you look at yourself, you look at the self first and you say, wait a minute, I love him, but I don't deserve this. And so you make better decisions based on that. They're, they're not based on needs. They're based on wants. You know, I don't want this for
0: me. Or choose. Or
1: I don't choose yeah. to have this. Yeah. In my so, life.
0: So that woman, so my point in asking this is that if you have a relationship where he's getting the payoff because he feels powerful and strong because, you know, maybe he's thinking, wow, if I can, if I can have all these affairs and she's still with still me, with I me. must be one hell of a guy. Yeah. Or something, you know? Yeah. And so she doesn't want to leave him for whatever reason, money, self-esteem, or right. both. But you would think if they weren't in a codependent relationship, she'd say, you know, screw this, I'm out. I'm out. So yeah. really the codependent – relate, and same thing with abusive, right? Mm-hmm. So when people are in a codependent abusive relationship, they stay in it. They sure do. As opposed to –
1: Well, there's always a reward afterwards. Even with a relationship of infidelity, if he's caught – and, you know, they go through the whole drama, clearly, of, you know, how can you do this to me? Then he tries to make up for that, whether it's with roses or chocolate or a trip or gifts. And the same applies to a, an abusive relationship. He will make up for punching, hitting, whatever it may Cursing, be. Cursing, Cursing. I'm sorry, babe. I love you. I would never do this again. You mean the world to me. You know, here's a, I don't know, here's a Prada purse for that matter, you right, know, right, right. or a trip or you're, you know a Rolex. So that happens, absolutely.
0: So really it's just it just creates more wild swings yes. ups and downs. But my so the thing is if they were not in a codependent relationship, they would separate or at least the person who's quote victimized would leave uh, and yet they're not. So really a codependent relationship has a sort of a, like a super glue in it and it that sure keeps does. people locked in. Mm-hmm. So when people It's addicting.
1: Okay. It's, a codependency is an addiction.
0: Okay. That's hence so you use the word addiction. I well, use the word compulsion, well, but it's the same kind of thing. Originally,
1: why it was used, the term was used exclusively for chemical dependency. That's what it was used for, chemical dependency, whether it was drug or it was alcohol dependency. But uh, clearly when, when you started to see the patterns and and the behaviors and whatnot that come from that, now it's been used, widely used for relationships and in other areas as well. But it is an addiction.
0: Okay, so if it's an addiction or a compulsive pattern, whatever you call, it, which are really kind of the similar right, thing, same thing. And you and we talked about earlier, beliefs are a part of the problem. How do you change this? Because here's the thing. If someone's listening and, and I know I know many people are listening right now who are thinking well, how do I get rid of it? Right. Yeah. Right. Because I can listen to any any therapist talk about or I can read in a book or see on Dr. Field's show what, what a codependency is. But it's like, well, that's really good knowledge, but it does no good if I can't get out of it. So what, I agree. What is it about about how can working with the hypnotist or a hypnotherapist, and as far as, as far as we're concerned, it's the same thing, um, but working with a hypnotist to resolve relationship issues, whether it's infidelity, whether it's abuse, whether it's most importantly, codependency, how can can that transform someone so that they can actually either evolve out of that relationship without feeling hooked or actually work on improving the relationship and healing it if that's what they want.
1: Well, the first thing we need to recognize is that all these things we've discussed today is really a manifestation of these behaviors. They're the symptoms. Way that they're symptoms these, symptoms. these are just symptoms. So what we do in our work, the underlying work that we do, is that we work on the cause. Not the symptom, the cause. Right. And so whether the cause is self-esteem whether the cause may be another emotional component, uh, whether it's uh, attributed to trauma, sometimes trauma is simply based on the fact that they grew up in a household uh, where this type of dynamic was normal or or common in you know between mother and father or whatnot. So those are the things that we work on, and by and again, it's all based on beliefs. So by working and addressing the beliefs then the person is able to change the way that they're manifesting their outcome, the way that they're showing up, the way that their symptoms are showing up.
0: So the way they believe, their beliefs about themselves and their self-worth, yes. and their beliefs about the model for relationships and what relationships should be like. And what they
1: really represent. Because remember, it's relative, right? Because it's it's kind of like different strokes for different folks. Uh, different cultures look at relationships differently. Sure. However, I think that you know, there's always a, the core, the underlying core of all this is you know, how do we look at healthy relationships? And that's what our work does. It helps the person not only to understand it intellectually or analytically, they understand it at a much deeper level, subconscious level.
0: And when the subconscious, which is the emotional part or the part that drives what we always call irrational behavior, which is really every person who comes to see that, see us at the Miami Hypnosis Center, isn't that true that that whether it's an addiction, whether it's they want to stop smoking or drink, you know, stop drinking so much alcohol, yeah. they want to break out of a relationship problem. They have a fear of flying or self-confidence issues or
1: grief, whatever. grief yeah. whatever it
0: is. Those are all irrational states. Yes. Because if the person in their right mind can say, you know what? I don't want to do that anymore, but they're still doing it.
1: Absolutely. Then that's the yeah.
0: subconscious controlling them. Yes. So using hypnosis as a tool Combined with coaching and coaching, combined with yeah. neurolinguistic programming, all those things that we do, that creates a shift at the subconscious level. Yes. So then the person doesn't need to remind themselves, um, oh, I shouldn't do this or remind themselves, use like willpower to say, oh, no, I, I, I need to.
1: Right. It becomes a natural state of being.
0: Just as natural as being stuck in the relationship was.
1: Yes. Yes. But we, we're, we're shifting from something toxic to something healthy.
0: Which that's is really what it comes down to is the empowering the person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you help them own their power. Own their power. Oh, kind of so
1: like you know. own their power radio. <laughs> that's right. It's all it's all coming. It's all coming. It's all uh, coming together. Coming huh? together now. So,
0: oh, wow, this has been quite a really, really cool conversation.
1: Absolutely it's interesting um, topic, and it's you know it's real life topic. This this is the kind of stuff that people deal with every day, not only in intimate relationships, just on. Everyday relationships, relationships of all level, and like you said earlier, relationship with your cat or with your dog, or that's a relationship.
0: Yeah. So if someone has a codependent relationship, and, and clearly, as we've discussed here, they come in all
1: shapes and sizes.
0: Shape, yeah, that's right. Some are <laughs> some are really severe and really, you know, like someone who's a, you know substance abuser, or abusive. Uh, you know, physically abusive, sexually abusive, or it could be something as mild as having a bunch of cats. Whatever the case is, they're more common than most people think. Yes. And and so I, I, won't, I just want to, I'm going to speak for you as well, Sheena, but um, I don't, I want to just mention that we're not saying a codependent relationship is bad because a relationship that works on some level works. If you're still in it, it's still serving you. The key is it's not about whether it's bad or good. It's that Would you honestly choose to have a relationship like this? And if you can say no, I would rather it be a different way, then it becomes a problem for you. And then at that point, we or someone like us can help you. So if you want to improve your self-esteem so that you can become empowered to live a better life with better relationships, then do something and uh, take back control of your life because it certainly is possible. And I know that you, Sheena, and I have seen many people who have been able to transform their own self-image and as a result, the image of the life they live. Absolutely. So thank you again for thank being you. here today. Thank you. This thank has you. Been great.
1: Thank you, Simone. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Sheena <laughs> Mendes, clinical hypnotherapist at the Miami Hypnosis Center. This is Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist at the Miami Hypnosis Center. And we're here on the Own Your Power radio network. This has been an ins- the Inspiring Minds show. check back every week for more shows. You can visit ownyourpowerlifestyle.com for an archive. You can visit miamihypnosiscenter.com. Have an amazing, inspiring, empowering, and transformational day.